traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians. This is Scott Miller, uh, founder of the International Equine Network, coming to you live from Delray Beach, Florida, at Sunshine Meadows Equestrian Village. Um, we were off last week uh, due to the hurricane. Uh, we survived the hurricane, got some water damage and some wind, wind damage. But other than that, uh, we all survived. All the horses made it. Um, we are a, a, um, a hurricane uh, equestrian facility. Uh, so when you come here to uh, during a hurricane, we take good care of you. We've got cement block uh, stalls, and uh, we're just ready. We're equipped for hurricanes, so that, that worked out good. And so everybody was happy. Uh, now, uh, in the horse industry, it's kind of funny. Uh, the month of November is the month that uh, you end your season and you start your season. Uh, not many uh, sports uh, have that. Uh, it's it's exciting because, uh, like, for example, with the thoroughbreds, since the 1st of November, we have the Breeders' Cup, and that's the uh, culmination of uh, all the horses pointing forward during the year, and, and, it's, and it's quite exciting. And then the show horse season is starting here in South Florida and all over the country and all through Europe. And it starts in November, and it ends in November, a year from now. So uh, that, that's what uh, I like about the month of November. We got Thanksgiving, and uh, we get to see a lot of friends and family, and and you know we get right into the, uh, the thick of things with the horse industry and all and all breeds and all associations. So we're excited about that. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Breeders' Cup and the Kentucky Derby 2023, how they get there. Um, we're also going to talk about um, uh, some holiday things that are coming up. And what I like about it, the most uh, most of your equestrian facilities really go all out at uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas time. It's really nice, uh, you know, to, to go visit them. And if you're in the um, Mill Springs, uh, North Carolina area, uh, there's a place called Tryon Resort. A resort. They're having their winter fest. And you got to save these dates. Uh, nightly drive-through light show starting November 17th uh, through January 1st. Uh, they have the Christmas market starts in uh, uh, November 25th and 27th. And that's really a nice market there. You can get a lot of good, uh, you know, item, equestrian items for, um, you know, Christmas presents and everything. And it, it's really good. Uh, the Winterfest Village uh, is Sunday, uh, Sunday, Thursday through Sunday, starting December 1st. They have kids' activities, live music, ice skating, shopping, and photos with Santa. Uh, if you have any questions uh, and like to see uh, what all they have there, uh, you can call uh, Tryon International at 828-863-1000. Or they go to their address, which is 25 um, International Boulevard, Mill Springs, North Carolina, 28756. Or you can go to com backslash Winterfest. Uh, they've got a little bit of everything there. And they're going to have, um, on November uh, 25th through the 27th, uh, they're going to have uh, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Legends Plaza. They're going to have 30 v- vendors, live music, ice skating, and concessions. 
Um, you can go to tryon.com backslash Wonderfest and see what all they have there. And let me tell you something that's really great for the family to go to. Uh, it's very inexpensive, and, and it's something that I think that um, everybody would like to see, uh, you know, in your family. And then the uh, next uh, uh, place we're going to talk about is uh, here in our home state of Florida. And it's just a, a phenomenal place. Um, the, the people that have built this is just uh, really gone all out, and it's a state-of-the-art, probably, I would say probably the best um, equestrian f facility in the country, maybe even in the world. Um, we're call it's called the World Equestrian Center in Ocala, Florida. It's located at 1750 Northwest 80th Avenue, Ocala, Florida, 34482. You can go to wor com, or you can call 352-414-7900. This place, I'm telling you, I, I just could. I've seen a lot of places in my career. This place is probably uh, uh, the best in, in the world, I, I would say. Um, they have an equestrian hotel there. It's five floors. They have 248 rooms, handicapped, accessible, 67 rooms. You check in at 4 p.m. and check out the next day at 12 p.m. Uh, just a beautiful hotel. Plenty of uh, handicap uh, facilities there and, and plenty of rooms, uh, which I really do like. And then if you're not into the hotel, the five-star hotel bit, uh, they have an RV park. Uh, they have 280 RV slips there. They have water, power, and sewer hookups provided at each slip, a general store, and a fuel station. Shower facilities are also available along with the laundromat. So if you bring your RV in there, uh, you don't have to leave to go for anything. You got everything that is right there. Uh, it's just it's just a great place to go. And then they have the, what they call the home away from home. Um, it's 70 units. There are three bedroom, two bath units. They have a full kitchen and dining area, sleeper sofa, and washer and dryers in each one of the 70 units. So if you want to uh, not into the RVN and you're not into the hotel, you're more into the um, you know home home style. Uh, uh, visitation there with them. Uh, you can go to the home away from home. Like I said, there's 70 units there, and there's three bedrooms, so that'll that'll accommodate just about any any size family. So, um, you know, they 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 make it comfortable for you there. And when you're there, the event space that they have is just uh, is just uh, unbelievable. Uh, the the ex exposition center one uh, has. Uh, uh, Free, uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable. They have uh, two LED uh, walls and one, four, one four-sided LED screen uh, in there, so you can watch the event on television as well as in person. Ex exhibition, Exposition Center 2 uh, is uh, two LED walls and one four-sided uh, LED screen. Uh, arenas 1 and 4, one LED wall. Uh, two LED center displays. Arena 5 uh, has two LED walls and one four-sided uh, uh, LED screen. Um, the Grand Outdoor Arena connected to the Equestrian Hotel Open Air Stadium uh, for 1,500 spectators. And it's just amazing the, the seating capacity that they have there. Uh, the World Equestrian Center Stadium 
uh, is an open-air stadium, and it has uh, seating for 7,000 spectators. And, I mean, it's just it's fantastic. they got one large LED wall so that you don't miss any of the action. So, you know, this is the type of thing that you just don't see every day uh, in the sporting industry. Uh, the World Equestrian Center accommodates to the, the patrons and to the equestrians that come there, and, and you don't need to, to go anywhere for anything else. Um, you know, I, I was really surprised when I was there. Uh, I, I just uh, couldn't believe it. I saw, actually saw it from the beginning until, you know, recently. Um, it's just uh, a place to behold and go to. They have uh, event features and services. They have dedicated loading dock at uh, each exposition center. They have multiple freight doors at each exposition center. Dedicated event management team, on-site uh, AV production, on-site IT team, and, com and uh, convenient on-site parking. So you can literally park up to whatever arena that you're going to, and you're right there. And, and it makes it really convenient for you to get get to get in and get out of. Uh, the center there at the World Equestrian Center. Uh, the enhancements that they put in, there they have a business center located on the third and fifth floor of the Equestrian Hotel, on-site printing services, and in-room dining. And, and that makes it nice because uh, you don't have to uh, leave the hotel at all to uh, take care of your uh, equestrian business. It, it's just phenomenal uh, what they can do for it. And then as far as recreational facilities go, they have an outdoor uh, pool and splash park. They have walking and jogging paths. They have a salon and spa, 24-hour fitness center, and sand volleyball court. Um, you know, so you can uh, relax and and, uh, and entertain and, and stay healthy at the same time, you know, uh, with all the physical activities that they have there. Um, then this, this is what just really surprised me. Uh, to see what they have. Uh, they have restaurants. They have uh, indoor and outdoor uh, seating available. Uh, they have, uh, let's see, what do they got here? They got nine restaurants here. And, and I mean, it's uh, really something else. And they got Filos, uh, Mexican Cantina, the Yellow Pony, Horse to the Water Pool and Bar, uh, next to the Horse uh, <laughs> Water Pool and Bar. Uh, Miss Philly's uh, Lollipops, Ralph, Ralph's Burgers and Sandwich Shop, Stirrups Restaurant, Viola and Dot's Italian Kitchen, and Yellow Pony Pub and Garden. So they got just a little bit of everything there for everybody, you know, at the World Equestrian Facilities. And I'm getting all excited just uh, talking about it. I want to get get up there and, and place an order, you know, to get something to eat, uh, whether it's in the room or, you know, at the, at the uh, restaurant itself. Um, the outdoor facilities, I, I couldn't believe. Um, when I look at it, looked at it, I said, man, oh, man, is this some type of an arena. Um, the World Equestrian Stadium is uh, 370 feet by 370 feet. Uh, the Grand Outdoor Arena is 380 by 300. And these are huge arenas. Uh, total square feet on the stadium is uh, 1,000. Uh, 136,900 square feet. The outdoor arena is 114,000 square feet. So they're, they're big. Um, the stadium, indoor stadium has uh, 7,000 permanent seats. 
outdoor 1500 uh, permanent seats. Uh, it's just unbelievable. They have an a, a announcer and judges booth. Uh, they have uh, internet high-speed Wi-Fi in, in both of them. Uh, the footing in each one of the arenas is the GGT uh, footing, which is one of the best in, in the country. Uh, it's, it's really uh, good footing for the horses and easy to take care of. They have uh, the LED walls uh, in both uh, uh, arenas. They have food servicing and catering um, in uh, both arenas. Uh, they have four concession stands in the stadium, plus catering services. And then the outdoor arena just has catering services. Um, they have four show offices um, there to, to handle both the arenas. They have on-site parking, and they have restrooms. And it's just it's the perfect setting to go watch an equestrian event because you, you there's nothing that you need there. Uh, that, that's for sure. And, I, you know, I, I just uh, have a hard time explaining, you know, to people uh, about what it's like uh, because I've seen it and I'm enthusiastic and you haven't seen it and you need to go see it. And that's in Ocala, Florida. And I, I'm telling you, uh, once you get there, it's like going to – it's the a question uh, answer to Disney World. And that's the only way I can explain it. Uh, they have church facilities on the property. Uh, they have uh, just a little bit of everything. Uh, they have um, a grocery store, and they have a veterinarian clinic that we're going to get into uh, two weeks from today, a brand-new veterinarian clinic there, so you don't have to uh, take your horses away from uh, uh, the, the World Equestrian Facility. Um, all you got to do is uh, take them to the vet clinic there, and that, that makes a big difference when, if you have a horse that's injured. Uh, if you've got on-site on a veterinarian clinic and you don't have to ship it anywhere, uh, so that, that's really um, what you know what it's all about. What they what they do for you and everything. So um, I was excited to see it. And, and the other thing that I like about it, especially uh, like we were talking about, how the um, equestrian center starts in November of 22 and ends in November of 23. At the World Equestrian Center, uh, they have Literally starting uh, in January 19th uh, through the 22nd, 23, uh, they have the US, USEF and USDF competition starts. And they have it in January, February, March, April, May, June, uh, August, September, October, November, and December. So June and July are the only two months that... Um, that they're not up and uh, you know showing there, and, and this is just for the U.S. Uh, EF and the U.S. Uh, DF uh, there. So, but they do have other events in, in June and July there, uh, Grand Prix jumping and and uh, all kinds of different programs there that they have. So they're, they're pretty much you know uh, year round uh, there. It's a great thing to go to. And if you want to take the family, you don't have to be a horseman to go there. Um, you know, you can take your RV there. they got plenty of RV sites. And, and it's a great place to, uh, you know, see and, and, and go uh, do items. And it's in Ocala. It's close to Orlando, close to Daytona. Um, you know, so and you're, you're there at uh, Disney World, not too far from Tampa. 
and it's really a good place to go and take a look at, uh, which uh, which I think everybody would like. So now we're going to get into the Breeders' Cup that we had last week. Uh, the Breeders' Cup was just an amazing um, uh, time uh, this year. It was held in Keeneland Racecourse in Lexington, Kentucky, and I tell you what, um, it, it was it was great. It was just fantastic uh, what they had there. Um, you know, if you've never been to a Breeders' Cup, it's two days of, of the best horse racing in the world. Uh, you see the, the, all the stars from all over Europe. Uh, you see them from just every, literally every uh, country and every continent in the world they come in. And they uh, meet uh, once uh, that Breeders' Cup weekend. It's usually the first Friday and Saturday in uh, uh, November. And everybody's invited to the Breeders' Cup. That's won major races all over the world. And you see the best of the best compete against each other. And it's getting better and better every year. More and more people are coming. And it just makes uh, makes our industry more stable. Uh, it's just... It's just kind of hard to explain. It's like the World Equestrian Center. You you need to go see it. You can see it on TV or, you know, in print, and, but you just need to go see it. And, and it's exciting. Kingland's a beautiful place in in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, and it's an old old established facility, and it's uh, first class all the way. And so that's what I, I get excited about it. And this year, um, there was a record handle for the, 40, the 39th Breeders' Cup uh, World Championships. Um, total sources, uh, total all sources, uh, global common pool handle for the two-day Breeders' Cup World Cup uh, Championships at Keenan was $189,060,373, a record for the two-day event. And the reason I'm telling you about this uh, handle and what they call handle, that means how much money was bet on, on the Breeders' Cup races. And the reason I'm telling you that is is because that shows the stability of the equine industry uh, towards the thoroughbreds. Uh, it was just, uh, uh, you know, a great two days there. Um, people that don't attend usually have Breeders' Cup parties at their homes or uh, at their local racetracks and, and to co- coincide with, uh, you know, what's going on actually at the Breeders' Cup at Lexington. And... Um, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, the total, this total represents a 3.4% increase over the prior record of $182,908,000 uh, that set when the event was held at Del Mar in 2021. You know, so we were looking at um, a, a lot of things uh, there. Uh, you know, you're looking at COVID, the economy. Uh, you're looking at a lot of things. But people are spending money, you know, to go to these different um, things that they're that they're doing, uh, you know, in, in the equestrian industry, whether it's racing or showing or what have you. And I, I was just amazed. Uh, in 2020, there was no attendance at um, at the Breeders' Cup, which was held at Keeneland. Uh, they uh, had the COVID, and nobody could attend. And, and they still did 160 million dollars. And, um, and handle there uh, on the races. In Del Mar um, in 2021, 
They had 47,089 people and did $182,000 in handle, which was good, and they were coming off of COVID. But this year, uh, the attendance that they had at Kena was 85,824. And that, that was just amazing, you know, to see that happen. Um, you go back to um, uh, 2018 at Churchill Downs, they had 112,000 uh, people uh, that attended. Um, we had uh, Santa Anita had 109,000 people that attended in 2019, and, and it just goes—it's endless, you know, on how how they keep um, getting the people that they got. In 2007, um, you know, Mammoth Park had 69,000 people, and that's a small track, and and that was excellent, you know, for the Breeders' Cup, you know, to have a handle and have attendance like that. And then you, you don't forget about the um, the television aspect and the radio aspect of it. Uh, you know, they literally reach everywhere in the world uh, for it. And so that makes it all all go pretty good, you know, for the Breeders' Cup. And so the reason I, I was telling you about them, the handle and the attendance and everything, the Breeders' Cup's always trying to, uh, in the equestrian industry as a whole, is trying to make it uh, more desirable for uh, the general public to come. Uh, for the Breeders' Cup, you really don't have to know anything about uh, horses. Uh, you can just show up. There's plenty of uh, things that they have available to tutor you on, uh, you know, the business and, you know, what's going on for the day. And, and uh, you know, it's really exciting for to see the faces of new people come in and go through, uh, you know, the orientation of Breeders' Cup or the Kentucky Derby, the Triple Crown, Preakness, the Belmont, uh, you know, that type of thing. And we talked about this before on one of the shows that we had. Um, if you go to uh, the, any of these equestrian events, you always go up to the general public and you ask them, or to the publicity office or to the main office, and you ask them about um, if they have any uh, uh, things that can assist them and uh, watching or going, you know, through the park. Um, it's um, a lot of different things that you can have there. And, for example, it's a Kentucky Horse Park when they have the three-day eventing and, um, in, in the early spring. They have a, a booth there where they rent you uh, headsets. And you can get these headsets and um, you go in and put them on, and then you walk through the, uh, the park and, and you go past the different venues and, and the different uh, restaurants and the different uh, everything that's there. And when you're walking through, uh, the, there's a recording that plays uh, that you'll hear. And I tell you, it's kind of neat. It, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like if you ever gone to uh, Disney World and you see, uh, you get off your, it, uh uh, Mickey Mouse Row, uh, you know, uh, remember that, and that's where you go to. But when you go through, uh, like at, at the horse park in, King, in Kentucky, it tells you uh, you are at the beginning of three-day eventing competition. And then it starts telling you, you know, about the three-day eventing, uh, what the procedure is, and, you know, who's getting ready to go on course. And uh, you, you hear that, and then if you start walking the course, we're walking through, you know, down through uh, the venue there. It tells you that, uh, you know, you're at the, uh, at the first set of jumps, um, and it tells you about the jump. 
and you know what it is and how it is, and, and they tell you everything about it. And as you walk along the course, it tells you about each jump that you're at and where where you're at. And uh, this this headset follows true to all the park there. If you're over by the stadium jumping, it tells you you're at stadium jumping. Um, you know, rider 234 is on course, and, and it's Bill Johnson, and he's on the horse uh, uh, called How to Do It. And, and it tells you all about it. You know, it's like having a, a talking program in front of you. And you don't have to carry the program, just wear the headset. And so that, that's really becoming very popular in the equestrian industry. But um, as far as the Breeders' Cup goes, uh, they're trying a new thing that you're going to see uh, in a lot of venues over the next year or so. It says, we've all been there watching the game and all of the athletes and their amazing feats. Uh, we've wondered what it would be like to soar through the air like LeBron James or crush a massive home run like Aaron uh, Judge or a sling, a slide, a sidearm uh, pass for a football touchdown like uh, LePatrick Mahomes. So what they do is they've got this virtual reality um, thing that they have, and, and you wear them, and, and, it, and it puts you right there. Um, it, it's just, it's crazy. It, it's crazy. And you can ride a, a virtual reality race uh, with Team Blood Horse. Uh, you can uh, go through and see uh, what it looks like through the eyes of a jockey. Um, it's just, it's just unbelievable, you know, how you can do these things uh, with modern technology. Uh, you can set up in the grandstands just beyond the the paddock uh, connections to the horses and get the taste uh, of uh, November third. It says, uh, I, I think. Uh, this is the closest thing that we can give someone not from the sport or had anything to do with the sport, the feeling of what it's actually like to ride in a real race. And, and this is amazing. It's like the headset. Uh, you can get on, you can put the, uh, the, the goggles on and you can go in and you can sit there and you're going to see what it's like for jockeys to get dirt in the face, uh, how the holes open up for, uh, uh, the horses to run through, uh, it's going to be just like putting you in the saddle. Uh, and those, those are the kind of things that, um, you know, that the Breeders' Cup and, and the horse industry is trying to do. Uh, it, it's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. it it's a, their way of introducing people to the business that, that do not know uh, what it's all about. And then it's also a way to um, help the people that are in the business understand it more. Uh, I'm not, I've never have been a jockey and never would be a jockey, but I can put them on and I can see and feel what it's like to be a jockey in a race, you know, and that, and that helps you understand the sport a little more, uh, especially when you're watching it on TV or listening to it on the radio. Uh, you know, it's very exciting to, you know, to hear. And those are the things that uh, they're doing now in all these different venues. Um, is is to make it more enjoyable for the you know the spectator, and, and that's what I, I really do like about uh, the horse industry. They're becoming really aggressive on getting new people in and getting fans in, and and uh, it's a good marketing uh, thing for you know the things that, that we're doing 
in the business, and it's good for the whole family. So, uh, you know, that, that's something you'll have to uh, check out at any horse venue you go to um, and see if they have the headsets and the, and the uh, virtual reality, uh, you know, systems there, which they should be getting here pretty quick. And then um, the Breeders' Cup, it was, it was really interesting uh, this year. Uh, it was at Keeneland. It was a $6 million race for three-year-olds and up. Uh, they were going a mile and one-fourth uh, on the dirt. And there was a lot of good horses this year in it. Uh, it, it made, had run in the Kentucky Derby and, and, uh, all over the, all over the world and older horses too. And the thing that, uh, Rich Strike last year's Kentucky Derby was, uh, in there for Eric Reed, uh, with, uh, Sonny Leon, uh, in the Irons. Uh, we had Olympiad for Bill Mott, uh, with, uh, Alvarado, uh, in the Irons. Uh, it, it was um, unbelievable. We had Tavia, uh, a derby runner for Bob Baffert, uh, which was in there with Mike Smith. And then we had Life is Good for Todd Fletcher. Uh, Ortez, I read Ortez. Was, uh, Ortiz was in the uh, Irons for Todd Fletcher. Had Happy Saber uh, for Todd Fletcher with the last glass. Uh, and then we had the horse uh, uh, Hot Rod Charlie, which has been a fan favorite for a long time. Uh, for Doug O'Neill, and then Steve Asmussen had had one of the one of the better horses in there, Epicenter, and to see what he could do. But the, the, it really came down to um, Flightline uh, for John Sadler. Uh, Flightline had won just about any and everything that he could be, and he won it by many lengths. Um, every time he raced, he'd win 15, 10, 15 lengths, and he was just you know um, unbelievable in what he he could do. Um, so, you know, that, that was exciting to see the Breeders' Cup Classic. And what was nice is when it came on, I, I, I said, man, oh, man, is this horse set up for a, a win like there is no tomorrow? But he had to earn it. And that, that was the tough part about it is he really had to earn this, this race. And I tell you, he came in and he won by many. Um, he took the – life is good, took the lead. Uh, he went out uh, uh, in, in storming fashion. He was going to catch me if you can, Flightline. And Flightline did catch him. Uh, this looked like secretary at all over again. Uh, uh, Flightline dominated the Longines Breeder Cup Classic like there was no tomorrow. Um, I, I was just really amazed um, how, how, how well he ran. He won, he won the race by eight and a quarter lengths. Uh, in the 39th running of the 36, or the $6 million Lone Jeans Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, for three year olds and up. Uh, he was un unbelievable. He's trained by John Sadler, uh, ridden by Flavian Pratt. Uh, he completed a mile and a quarter on a fast track in two minutes, uh, in uh, 0. 0.5, uh, seconds. Uh, it's the second classic victory for Sadler, who won with Accelerate in 2018 at Churchill Downs. Um, he, he was really good. Um, life is good. The one that expected to, uh, uh, be the most likely to upset, uh, flight line, um, was good. Uh, he, he shot to the front out of the gate, flight line taking up a stalking position to his outside through fractions of 22, 5, 45, 4, 109, and 6. 
and as the two opened up 10 lengths on the rest of the field. So these two were much the better of the field, and uh, they they just uh, ran a fantastic race. Um, flight, uh, Life is Good had no response when floor, uh, Flight Line uh, moved up past him and opened up, leaving the race uh, for a place and was earned by Olympiad, who finished a half length in front of Tavia. So um, it, it was it was a great race. Um, you know, you can uh, go go uh, uh, to a lot of races and you're not going to see anything as good as that one was. Uh, I tell you, it was like Secretary and all over again or Sunday Silence and Easy Go or, uh, you know, type of race. Uh, it was just unbelievable. And it's something that everybody was looking forward to all year long. And so both horses were retired after the race, and they've gone to stud duties at, um, at the uh, different uh, various farms in Lexington there. So that that was good. And then the other thing that, um, uh, you know, was good uh, was the Breeders' Cup Mile. If um, Life is Good would have run in the Breeders' Cup Mile, he would have won it easy. Uh, it was just uh, a great race in itself. And so, you know, it led up to the classic and it, it was really good. So that's what I really liked about, about that day. And one of the things that we talk about, uh, here in the, uh, in the horse industry is the things that you uh, go to and that makes it a little bit more enjoyable, uh, for the, the patron and, and the spectators to watch. Um, they have, uh, uh, product out there it's called the racing horn and it's the 2022 breeders cup advanced past uh, performances and what i like about it is they come in and all the different breeders cup races that they have uh here uh they have a little uh, uh evaluation of it and it kind of helps you if you've never been into the you know into the gambling aspect of it and you don't even really have to gamble, but th this product is really good. Uh, it's uh, called the, the Racing it's the Racing Form Breeders' Cup um, Advanced Past Performance. And each section has a, a, a little bit of an uh, article on who's who and what's what and what number they're in and where they're going and what they're doing. And it kind of helps you uh, go through and, and understand a little bit more about it. And you can actually watch, uh, you know, the races with some type of educated uh, uh, guess of what who you would, might like to bet on if you were going to bet. And and I, you know, I I've been in this business all my life, and I've gone in and I've looked at some of these things that they have in here, and I said, you know, there's no way this horse is going to, you know, do what they're saying here in the in the racing form. And I said, I see this horse train every day. I don't know what the heck, you know, they're looking at. You know, what day were they here? Did I miss that? Or what have you? And next thing you know, the racing form was right. So I, I was like, man, this, this is kind of a good book to have. But it's not necessarily, uh, you know, the way it all, all comes out. Uh, you know, uh, it's just uh, not not the way it comes out. And, you know, it's just a shot you take, but it's very educational and it's nice to have because it makes you understand, you know, the, the product that you're getting ready to watch. And so that's that's uh, about the, all about the Breeders' Cup and, and everything. And you can get them at uh, 
shoot, just about any newsstand, you can go and get them. It's daily racing form. Um, you can go and get, or you can go online and, uh, you know, print off what you want to see. Uh, Southern California um, will be the next um, place stop for the Breeders' Cup uh, next year. So that'll be good. And in accordance with uh, uh, the industry and the way that people are coming, uh, Southern California Racing turns to Del Mar for the fall meet, uh, which is going to be exciting uh, to see uh, what all they have there. Um, Del Mar is a fantastic place. It's uh, the surf and turf. They're right on the ocean in Del Mar, California. Um, it was uh, founded by Bing Crosby. Uh, racing will be conducted for over 13 days, primarily on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays, uh, bases each week, with the first post daily at 12.30 Pacific time. The lone exception is Thanksgiving the 24th, when racing will start at 11 a.m. Uh, post time and, and finish around 3 p.m. Uh, Del Mar's coming off on the heels of the most successful meeting ever, uh, a 31-day summer stand that established a record daily average handle of $18.6 million and an average field size of nine horses um, per race, offering some of the deepest racing in, in the nation. Uh, the opening weekend will feature a turnaround with stake races, Friday with $75,000 Let It Ride Overnight stakes for three-year-olds at a mile on the turf. The race drew in a field of nine, led by Handy Dandy, Script, and Sky uh, and Spycatcher. Uh, so those uh, things that are coming up in, uh, in Del Mar, it's going to be a great 13 days. Uh, give you something to do on the weekends, and it's going to be really interesting to see how that that goes uh, for Del Mar. And it just goes to show you, you know, that in Kentucky, New York, Canada, Europe, uh, the racing's getting better and better, and more people are, um, you know, getting into into the uh, action. And uh, again, now we're going back to like I was saying before earlier. The equestrian industry starts in November and ends in November. Uh, it sounds kind of funny. It sounds like that uh, I'm suggesting that it's only a 30-day deal, but it's not. Uh, it starts in November 20, uh, 2022 and ends in November 2023. And we're going to talk about a little project that we're doing here. It's called How They Get There, the 2023 Kentucky Derby. And what we do is we're going uh, we're going through uh, a lot of things here, and uh, just to show you what all is going on, uh, we have on on our uh, website today. For example, we got um, Americans Day at the races. Uh, we've got a lot of different interesting things on there that I think you'd like to see. Uh, we have um, the uh, uh, 1.5 meter Las Vegas National All In Speed Classic. It's um, the FEI, uh, it's a jumping uh, World Cup series. Uh, that, that starts today, and it's live. It's live right now on our website, coming from Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. Um, then we have other things that we have on there uh, that I think you'd be uh, like to look at. Um, we have the golf sales, uh, uh, which is an uh, international sale. Uh, we've got a lot of things, but... Um, Getting back to uh, the 2023 Kentucky Derby, um, we have what we call how they get there. 
and it's uh, the road to the Kentucky Derby, how, what they have to do to it, you know, to get there. And it all starts, uh, like we said uh, before, with the owner. Uh, you know, he, he, he either breeds or buys a horse at their point to the Kentucky Derby, and they start getting them on the, on the road to the Kentucky Derby. And it's a very exciting road. It lasts uh, uh, right at a year. It start it starts out, uh, uh, and it's just you know you go everywhere all across the world to try to get into uh, into it. Uh, it basically started uh, the first couple of prep races that, that were interesting was the Eric White at Churchill Downs. It's a mile on the sixteenth, and a lot of times um, uh, trainers like to uh, run a horse there. Uh, prior to the Kentucky Derby, and, and this is for two-year-olds. And then they have the Champagne Stakes at Aqueduct and American Pharaoh at Santa Anita, the Breeders' Futurity, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which we just had, uh, you know, last week. And, and, all, and then we got the Jockey Club uh, coming up November 26th, uh, which is uh, really when you start getting into it with your serious horses, trying to get to the Kentucky Derby. And uh, and so it just goes to show you, it happens quick and it goes fast, and and you got to be careful where you send your horses and what you do. Now, for example, uh, when we say it starts with the owner, we're going to talk about Kenny Trout that owns uh, Windstar Farm. Uh, Kenny Trout, uh, he was the founder of Excel Communications, a Texas-based telecommunications company that offered long-distance phone service. Trout became a billionaire in 1998 when Excel was sold to Teleglobe for $3.5 billion. As of 2022, his net worth, uh, Kenny's net worth was approximately $2 billion. He's the sole owner of One Star Farm, and it's an elite 2,400-acre thoroughbred horse farm in Versailles, Kentucky, which I worked at. And I, I really did, uh, you know, like it there. Uh, really, really good. Um, Kenny was the chairman of Mount Vernon Investments. Uh, Trout has won the Kentucky Derby twice with the Preakness Stakes once and the Belmont three times, including the 13th uh, Triple Crown winner. Uh, he, he owned Justify. And so uh, when I went to work for him, uh, their goal and their business plan was to win a Kentucky Derby, breed a Kentucky Derby winner, and possibly a Triple Crown winner. And that was back in, in the late... Uh, in the uh, early 90s, and they they did they have accomplished that, and it was a good team effort uh, that Kenny had put together. Um, it was it was fantastic to work there to be around those kind of horses. Uh, some of the notable stallions that he has is um, Super Saver. He was the winner of the 2010 Kentucky Derby. Drosselmeyer was the winner of the 2010 Belmont Stakes. Creator was the winner of the 2016 Belmont Stakes, and Justify was the uh, um, 13th Triple Crown winner. And, uh, you know, it, it's just amazing what you can do, uh, you know, in this business if you have the right organization and if you do it the right things. And that's what we're doing with how they get there. We're trying to tell you how they get there and explain to them, you know, what, what they do and how they do it. Uh, and so the farms that we uh, that, that we're looking at, the journey, journey starts with the owner, and we started with Kenny Trout, and, and he, he's just unbelievable person with One Star Farm. Uh, One Star Farm is a horse breeding and stud farm 
and thoroughbred racing stable. Um, it's a 3001 uh, uh, Pisca Pike, sales Kentucky. Kenny Trout is the primary owner. He's the founder. And uh, he's got everything going uh, uh, there that uh, he, he can need to do what he does. And, and he put it together and, and followed the business plan. Uh, one of the persons that's instrumental in what uh, Kenny does is the guy that I work for. Uh, he's, a, he's a fantastic man, a uh, good Christian man. Um, he's always thinking of his horses and, he, and his family and his friends, uh, what he does. He's um, Elliot Walden. Uh, Elliot, he's the CEO of Racing Operations for One Star Nervous Sales and a former a thoroughbred racehorse trainer. I, I worked for him when he was training. And uh, we had a lot of good horses uh, with him. Uh, you know, it was really good. Uh, I, I tell you, uh, Elliot is the kind of guy you want in, in your organization, especially if you're trying to get to the Kentucky Derby because he's an instrumental part of, of how the operation runs. And uh, Elliot is uh, uh, just unbelievable and with the things that he does. And so he's one of the guys along that um, with um, uh, Kenny Trout. And he, t- he advises Kenny on a lot of things, and they talk things over. And one of the things that they did is they got Todd Pletcher to um, um, train for him. And Todd had Super Saver and... Um, and always dreaming derby winners. And so now uh, they all got together and they started looking at things. And, uh, you know, like I said, we talked about the, uh, the Iroquois, the Champagne Breeder Futurity uh, and American Pharaoh, and the Breeders' Cup Juvenile that they just had, which uh, Forte won. And, and that's a Todd Pletcher, uh, you know, trained horse. And so we got a lot of uh, races coming up. Uh, literally uh, every every other weekend there's one. Uh, next uh, race is November 26th, the Kentucky uh, Jockey Club Stakes at Churchill Downs. And like I said before, uh, you have two opportunities uh, to get uh, your horse uh, over the track there in stakes competition before the Kentucky Derby because it's all on a point system now. Uh, you got to have the points to get in and you got to be careful about where you go you got to make sure that you do have enough points to get in, which makes that exciting because uh, you could be running at Los, Los Alamitos, Aqueduct, uh, the fairgrounds, Oakland Park, Santa Anita. Uh, you know, there, there's so many places that you can run to get those points, and you got to find out uh, where to go and, you know, when to do it and, and the whole nine yards. I tell you, it, it's exciting, you know, to see that. And... It's a tough way to go uh, to, uh, you know, try to get a horse to the Kentucky Derby. Um, I've been there quite a few times, and it just goes by. It's a blur. Uh, you know, one it seems like one big, long uh, week uh, that you're trying to get there. Um, you know, you've got to go every day, train every day, uh, you know, have so many things that could go wrong got to have the right people around you, uh, you know, to decide these things. Uh, you got to have the blacksmith uh, there. You got to have a good feed company. Um, you know, there's just, it's just so many things to it that uh, you just really don't understand until you get there because the, the general public 
and most most people that are involved in the business, all you see are the horse races that are coming up. You know, like we were talking about uh, uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, the Iroquois. Uh, you know, you're you're looking at uh, uh, at those, and you see them for uh, three or four minutes on uh, you know on Saturday afternoon, and then you, then you're going. You know, you don't know what the heck's going on there with it. Um, it's a Breeders' Cup juvenile. Forte uh, was, uh, won the race. He earned a million forty thousand dollars for winning the Breeders' Cup juvenile. And the unusual part about this is, like we were talking about with the owners and the trainers, selecting a horse. Ideally, you want to breed the best of the best, and you get the best. Well, you know, and you want an established stallion that has, you know, uh, proven that he can throw horses that can run and that look good and, you know, go from there with it. Well, Forte was out of a, a, a stallion called Violence, and uh, Violence is not, uh, uh, you know, he had 460 ton, uh, 469 yearlings sold, and the average price was $52,000. And that, that's uh, that's just uh, unbelievable. You know, uh, Forte was purchased at the Keeneland uh, November sales 2020 for a mere sum of $80,000. You know, I say mere sum, I'm just trying to emphasize that uh, compared to a lot of horses that are being paid three, four, five hundred thousand, a million for, Forte uh, was purchased by. Uh, for eighty thousand dollars, and now he's earned a million five hundred thousand. He earned a million. He earned a million forty thousand just in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile itself, and then he and then he had prior wins to that. So now he's at a million five hundred thousand, and the big races are yet to come, including the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont. You know this. You know if this horse keeps on track, and the way he's being managed. Uh, he, he's going to have, you know, by the end of by next next Breeders' Cup next November, he could be up in the neighborhood of three or four million dollars in earnings, and and that's all you know part of how they get there. He's still got the Kentucky Derby to go to. You got to remember that he he is right now the the leading point getter and money earner for the Kentucky Derby 2023. And this horse has only run five times. He's got five starts, he's got four wins, and he's earned a million five hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. That's what he has right now, and he's ready to go. You know, training for the uh, for the Kentucky Derby. He, in fact, he's at our Palm Beach Downs farm here in Delray Beach. That's where he'll train all winter long for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, you know, this this horse is just unreal. Um, he's owned by the Repo Stable and St. Elias Stable. Uh, the breeder was Southgate Farm. Um, he is that, and Sire's Violence, uh, the dam's Queen Caroline by Blaine. And I tell you, folks, this is the real deal here. The way he, the way he won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, uh, he ran into a horse that they had out there, Bob Baffert had. And Baffert's horse was really good. I mean, he he was the favorite in that race. Baffert was. In fact, Baffert had two of them in there, and uh, they uh, uh, they both ran second. They both ran second and third to him. Um, 
you know, it was just amazing, you know, that these horses were supposed to be that good coming in from the West, and here Forte comes in, uh, third, fourth choice in the race, and he beats them by two and a quarter lengths, you know, and he was going away from him. He just rolled past them, and, and the jockey said they, they couldn't do nothing when Forte came up there and just went past him. But again, it goes to show you that somebody's got to set the, you know, set the standards for um, you know, the, the stallion violence. So now he's a proven, he's a proven stallion, you know, but they didn't know that when they bought him, you know, they, they, he had no foals that there were anything near to that. And so on how they get there, you know, we'll, we go behind the scenes and we'll talk to, uh, you know, to Kenny Trout and Elliot Walden, and we'll talk to the people about, uh, you know, what they're doing and how, why they did what they did. And what we're trying to do now is I don't want to get into a situation in the interviews where we're doing hindsight. Hindsight's 2020. Right now, the way we started this documentary out, these were horses that I selected prior to them running. This was a trainer, uh, you know, that had been there and done that. This was an owner that had been there and done that. Uh, these were the people that had, had gone and done the things that they've done, you know, and, and I was really excited about it you know, to see, uh, you know, all these things, uh, you know, come up. And, hey, I should have played the lottery because, I, I, you know, and to be honest with you, I do have some skills in picking out horses and races and all like that, but this was just blind, blind luck. This is just flat-out blind luck and, and to get, you know, start following these people that are doing that. And so I, I was excited about it. We're going to have a good documentary uh and I won't be doing the interviews, that's for sure. We'll have somebody professional doing them and everything. And the storyline is going to be exactly what I have on my website. So it'll be an easy storyline to find. And you're not going to have to be, uh, you know, a horseman to watch the, this documentary. It'll be good entertainment for, you know, you and the family and everything. So our next race is coming up is uh, November 26th, uh, which is just a week away from this uh, Saturday. It's the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes, and it's one of the, it's one of the two uh, Road to the Kentucky Derby prep races held at Churchill Downs. Um, it, it's a nice uh, nice race here. Uh, one of the benefits is these young runners tackling the mile in the 16th race held uh, every year on on the Saturday and after Thanksgiving. Um, it gives them a Qualification points if you want it, or any first, second, or third, and then uh, it gives you a, a chance, like we said, to uh, go over the uh, over the track. Uh, it's it's a great race. Uh, the Jockey Club uh, Stakes will, goes all the way back to 1920 in the inaugural uh, edition. Uh, one of the strongest ever run uh, on a sunny afternoon at Churchill Downs. Uh, it's just unbelievable how they do it, and it's really good to go. Uh, there's a lot of history to it. Uh, so, you know, if you tune in next week uh, for us, um, uh, well, next week's uh, Thanksgiving, it'll be, it'll, we'll have to do an after, uh, after Thanksgiving uh, show after that. But it, it's on how they get there. And like I said, you know, all through, I know I've been rambling on here. And uh, trying to get you guys to get interested in it, uh, we, we kept running the call-in number, the eight two three seven four 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 eight three one, and 
we don't get any callers. Going to have listeners to get callers, so soon we're going to be getting listeners. Uh, I know, I know that that that'll be for sure. But what I like about uh, what we do here on Thursdays is we give the opportunity for horsemen and non-horsemen uh, to call in and and ask questions and and do things that uh, you know that we'd like to hear from them, so that we can get a finger on uh, you know what's going on in, in the a spectator's mind. Uh, you know, like I said, you don't have to be a horseman to call in. You can call in, you know, ask when the Kentucky Derby is, and we'll tell you. And, and the website that we have is a, an information distribution site for equestrian information and uh, racing. Uh, we do a lot of YouTube projects. Uh, we've got a, a couple projects that we're getting ready to post out of our YouTube library uh, on, on the um, on the website. And we try to make it entertaining and informational. Uh, we're going to be bringing back uh, here in the month of uh, December. We're going to be bringing back the, uh, the movie of the week, the equestrian movie of the week. And last year we had like Secretariat on there, uh, had Ruffian on there. Uh, we have uh, the Black Stallion on there. Uh, we have a lot of good uh, uh, new and old old shows that uh, is good for the family. You know, to to watch, it gives you something to do on a rainy day. Whenever you get there, we leave them up for about two weeks, uh, so people can watch them and, and kind of go from there with it. But um, you know, all in all, uh, what we're trying to do is try to get things going here. Uh, hey, I sure would like to get somebody to call in. Maybe we could get another announcer on here to help us out. Uh, is what we're looking because we're getting ready to do that. Um, we need to hire a, a person to do our documentary. Uh, to be the voice of our documentary. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that we're trying to do here. We're taking it a day at a time. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we get get a good product. And, and whether our product is good or bad, it's the presentation that we have. And I've had a lot of people tell me that they like the website. Um, it's very good, you know, that what we can do on there. And we give a lot of opportunities for uh uh, you know, people to come in and, and advertise, uh, you know, on our website. Uh, we've got a lot of different things that, that we have there. And one of the things that we've had up for a couple of weeks now is the International Equine Report. And the one that we have up there was um, uh, the first uh, video concept that we had of the International Equine Network and what we were trying to do. Now, this was geared specifically towards the thoroughbred industry. Uh, Anna Seitz was our announcer on there, and we had uh, had a real good, uh, uh, real good, interesting uh, take on our industry. And we can do this for all breeds, but what we did is we took all the video, the rough video that we had, and we uh, played it on, on the International Equine uh, Report. And it kind of shows you what we go through and how we go through uh, uh, the different procedures to get uh, a, a program, a, a video program or a radio program up. And it's really good because uh, you get to see the cameraman, the different angles that he has, and you get to see uh, Anna ask the questions, and you get to see, uh, you know, the, uh, the little spoofs that we have in there. And, you know, that it doesn't all go good all the time, but uh, people with like Anna Sight, she, she could recoup from it. She did very well. 
she's a good person. And, and our camera crew was really good. Uh, our owners were really good. Uh, so, you know, it kind of gives you an insight of what they're doing. And, and it's just not all that two minutes of fame that they go through and everything. There's a lot of work to it, you know, and I'm, all, all my uh, website and all my radio skills and TV skills are self-inflicted. I wasn't taught by anybody. You know, I just went in and just started being me. And that's what we want our viewers to uh, realize. Um, you know, we want anybody that, that would like to ask a question, call us. And we would like to go to the website, uh, you know, to our uh, email at uh, ienequinetv at gmail.com. It's all over the website there. And, you know, just uh, join us. Uh, you know, let's learn together about the equine industry. Uh, you know, we'll see you someday at the racetrack or at the horse shows or, you know, at the Olympics, that type of thing. So I rambled on enough this week, guys. Uh, I was uh, going stir-crazy from the hurricane that we had here last week at this time. Uh, we were getting pounded by wind and rain. Uh, we survived it. You know, we hope you're surviving where you're at. Just remember, take it a day at a time. And if you want something to relax and enjoy, uh, come to IENTV.org and pick your discipline and see what we got. And then call us and ask questions or tell us what you'd like to see or hear. Uh, so thanks for joining us this week. Have a good, safe uh, holiday weekend next week, Thanksgiving. Uh, remember, uh, we'll do like I do here at my home. Uh, I set an empty chair at my table on Thanksgiving Day, and that represents all the people that uh, we don't have with us anymore. So we'll talk to you next two Thursdays on IEN TV at 1 o'clock.